and you're welcome to Racing Only Better. It's day one of Royal Ascot. We're here to mark your card every day this week across all your Betfair social channels and hopefully steer you towards a successful Royal Ascot meeting in the company of my three favourite people on podcasts, that is. Mr. Kevin Blake, how are you, Kev? I'm excellent, Hugo. Royal Ascot, Weecher. Jesus, if you can't get excited for this, there's probably something physically wrong with you. Can't yeah. wait for it. What's wrong with you, Tony Cavan? You don't look excited <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing right with me, so yeah. That's true, that's true. Be shorter to answer what's right with you, actually. The answer is very different. How are you, Dan? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Um, uh, Kev's excited now, but he'll be blowing out of his ass by the end of the week. Five days. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> be absolutely miserable. <laughs> Don't get too excited early on, Kevin, or you will die a slow death. Okay, money back special to tell you about in the Coventry today, the 305. Money back as a free bet for all losers. I'll remind you of that. When we come to the race, but let's kick off, gentlemen, with the opener on Tuesday, day one, 2.30 on the card. It's the Queen Anne Stakes, uh, one mile group one contest. I have a feeling this will be a short conversation, Kevin Blake. Baid is four to one on. And sure, Jesus, he's value at that, isn't he? <laughs> sure, look at first race of the week. Sure, what more could you want? Only the best horse on planet Earth lining mm. up. Um, now, in opposition, light, clearly, light. And when you're the best horse in the world, there's only going to be a handful around that can give you a race. And there doesn't appear to be one here that should be capable of giving him a race, if he's anything um, like he was in the, the lock-inge. And there's no reason to suggest he won't be. So, look, he probably goes and wins, Hugo. But for uh, the betting fiends like ourselves, I suppose the main interest is going to be in the without market. Uh, we only have the, the seven runners um, yeah. So uh, all, all the, the each way uh, gentlemen would have been, uh, I can't call them each way scumbags anymore, apparently. So we'll call them each way gentlemen uh, would have been crying out for the eighth runner, but we um, didn't get it. Um, and Sherlock TC made the case um, on our Ascot preview and indeed before that, I think, for Accidental Agent and Sir Busker. I think they're the, the two obvious ones at uh, bigger prices. I favour Accidental Agent. He's been here and done it. Literally, he won this race. I've gone back a few years and um, he really showed an awful lot of life in the Victoria Cup over seven. Um, so back to the mile is going to suit. If I had to pick one to follow the big lad home, it'd be him. Okay. What about yourself, Tony Calvin? Are you sticking with those two? Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I backed him a while ago, uh, 66 and 50. I just thought the race would cut up. Um, I called that one right. Hopefully, you know, we don't know what kind of pace we're going to get in the race, whether the likes of Real World and Chindit are going to ride their race you know, to finish second. So there might be a muddling pace here, which wouldn't suit the two outsiders. Mm. Um, the problem is the sportsbook are very alive to the chance of accidental agent. They're only 11 to 2 without the favourite, and I've won bigger than that. At the, at the current, uh, without prices, uh, without favourite prices, I'd have to side with Sabuska, who I think okay. is a very, very fair 11 to 1 shot. Third last year. In fact, if you dig a bit further into the without market, the seven to one without uh, Bayeed and Real Worlds probably appeals as well. So, yeah, uh, at the current price, it's a busker in the without favourite markets. OK, and yourself, Dan, if you had to pick one without Bayeed. All right, David, please. Yeah, it's a busker. Um, okay. Love him on the straight track at Ascot. And if you're looking for a bit of a cherry on the top compared to last year, where he was a really good third anyway, something similar will probably be enough to have him cop in the without market even though there are only two places in that you've got Buick on for the first time and mm -hmm. you've got the stable form four of his last 21 I think have won and another five have been placed that's William Knight so yeah the, the direct debit for Sabuska in Ascot straight track races gets another airing excellent okay good stuff that's our opener lads and the without market hopefully 
uh, Bayid goes and shows his class. The 305 is the Coventry. Um, group two over six furlongs here. Money back special, as I mentioned, uh, with Betfair. Money back as a free bet for all losers on this one. So you might as well have a stab. Sure, it'll cost you nothing. Um, and Tony, look, I mean, you've been talking about the strength and depth of the two-year-old division so far this season, and it has been brilliant to watch. So Persian Force is your 11-4 favourite. Black Beer for Aidan O'Brien after winning his last three at three to one. Age of Kings, 15 to two. Brad Sell at eight to one. And let's have what you like about the rest. Um, which of these juveniles do you like, Tony? Uh, I wasn't going to have a bet in this race, but I went through all the I went through all the um, videos again this morning. And I was very taken by show respect. Um, he's a 33 to one shot. Best price in the marketplace uh, with a sports book. I'm going to be backing in win only at 33s. Finish up. It was green as grass. Didn't know what to do at Goodwood first time out behind Royal Scotsman. Obviously, that's one of the favourites in here. But go back and have a look at his, his win at Leicester last time, albeit, you know, on good to soft ground, much easier race. But uh, he got mucked around uh, a lot there. Yeah. But I love the way that he just stuck his head down and, and went and went and powered clear in the final furlong. Once uh, he got daylight and once he was asked to go and race. Me and his horses, uh, they never write first time up. But like I said, a lot of promise at Goodwood there. And I think he's a horse going. I think he's a horse going places now. He could run a career best here and finish eighth or ninth, which is yeah. why I'm playing him win only. But I saw enough at Leicester to give him a squeak in this run of race, and I like he's drawn towards the stand rail. Uh, I think that's probably going to be the place to be. We should mention, you know, the watering. They put ten mil on on Saturday, none on none on Sunday, but they're gonna they're gonna chuck it on on Monday. So hopefully they get that right. But uh, I think the stands rail the, the place to be and. Um, the 33 run, I'll take my chance on the Mian horse. I'll okay. tell you what, TC, if you really like him, you can rock up to Kensington Palace there on uh, on Monday night and you can buy him. He's in the Goffs London sale. He's going to go through oh, the wow. ring before he runs. So we could potentially put together a, a racing only better syndicate and buy hey, this uh, fella before he goes and wins the Coventry. We'll have a long lunch beforehand and go there and just stick our hands at any old price. Yeah. Stick me down for a fiver, lad. Stick me down for a fiver. Tad, who do you like in the two year olds? You're not <laughs> even good for that. I have to owe you, right? I was impressed with me and I was slightly concerned whether he was on the best of the ground down the middle at Leicester, which had been the place to be. Um, my reading of this race was it sets up perfectly for Persian Force. I think Stoll yeah. 17 will lead the American horse late September. Blackbeard's forced the pay. I mean, he's been very good, hasn't he? But it, there wasn't much in it at the Curra when he got beat Crispy Cat. And then he's got the Golden Highway and dominated back at that track next time. So I'm envisaging a scenario where he has first go at the American Raider late September and the patient, more patiently ridden Persian force who's drawn right behind that speed picks his way through. And let's be honest, he has been very impressive in two runs today. Lovely. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with the Persian Force all the way in this. Kev, you like the two-year-old division. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, I'm joining the two of you, lads. I've, I've liked oh. Persian Force since day one. Um, he was fiercely impressive when the Brocklesby uh, time was electric. Um, I, I'd, I'd have a regard for Holguin, who he then smashed up at Newbury. Um, I just think this is a very good two-year-old. And look, there, there's look. if you're a two-year-old that's running the right ask at you, you're clearly precocious, but there's precocious and there's precocious. And he's like properly precocious. And sometimes uh, the best horse can get beaten in this race just because they're a longer-term prospect um, and they don't know enough you know, in mid-June of the two-year-old year, I think this fella is rocking and rolling and he'll be uh, he'll be ready to run for his life um, on Tuesday. So I'm going for him. And I'd also okay. give a little squeaky mention for Rousing Encore, um, who's a much bigger price. I was quite impressed with him last time. They switched to uh, front-running tactics 
which um, his half-brother, Majestic Dawn, who we know well, um, that those are his tactics of choice. And I think they made a really positive difference to him. And he was strong on the clock that day as well. So I give him a positive mention too. Excellent. Okay, strong on Persian Force and Tony's uh, show respect to consider as well. Money back is free bet on all losers, as I mentioned, in the commentary. Uh, so check that out. Terms and conditions in the show description. Right, the uh, 340 is the next gentleman. Four places being played on the Betfair Sportsbook here. The King's Stand Stakes. Fast horses only need apply. Five oh. furlongs. Off they go. Golden Pal, your 94 <laughs> favorite for Wesley Ward. Sending Won't over the to come and take all our money. Uh, Nature Strip, 9 to 4. Twilight Calls in there, 6 to 1 for Henry Candy. Uh, King's Lynn, 12 to 1. Man of Promise, 12s, and it's 14 to 1 bar. Okay, Dan, the five furlong. Who's the fastest? Well, what a fascinating race this is tactically and draw wise because Winter Power never fails to lead in a race except for a race in which Golden Pal turns up and he managed to lead her at York when they ran in the Nunthorpe last season. Golden Pal's towards the high numbers. He's 13. Winter Power's in one. One thing you will say is Golden Power probably will lead overall, but they'll still be dash on the in the low numbers. They will still be trapping on that side. So I don't think it's going to be a massive disadvantage unless there is a an Ascot Golden Highway in place. So I'm doing another old old direct debit. I'll be putting Arachibo up each way, win and place because he's he's so devastating in these five furlong Ascot races. I'd almost rather Jamie was on him to be honest to get a Jamie ride. And the other for me is Kings Lady, who arguably could have gone close in this race last year. He couldn't open up. Met trouble on the rail and then came out just a couple of days later and was third in the Wokingham. I was impressed with him winning on the wing at Haydock. And I think a strongly run five, a stiff track is absolutely ideal for him. So it'll be Arachibo and Kingsland, both double figures, both biggish prices against the two obvious uh, favourites at the moment. Yeah, I'm going to give you an even bigger one, Kev. I, I think as a squeak, I think Logo Hunter, Mick Brown's horse, has a squeak oh. here at 50 to one. I was there at Nace with Aste, finished second and... Uh, ran okay, you know, but I just think at 50 to 1, I, I might have a fiver each way on him at a massive you know, price. It, it's not the maddest thing you'll ever do, Hugh, and, that, and that's yeah. a competitive contest in fairness, but it sure is. Um, <laughs> like he, he looked at the best, the best sprinter in Ireland probably last year at one yeah. point. And he just tailed off a little bit. Look, it's kind of well established. He had um, he has breathing issues, like he's had breathing surgery before. Um, and I think five is his best trip. And a stiff five might be just about close to optimal, but um like the, the form of his last run got a boost. The winner, Brustig, went to France and won a group did. two since. He did. And just sometimes horses with, with wind problems, like you, the ideal scenario for them is, is that they're basically flat out. Loads of pace in front of them. You know, when they when they start racing freely, it can put a little, little bit of pressure on their airways. So he'll never have been as fast as, as he'll be here. And that might just suit him you. So I'm not going to put you off one bit. Thank you, Kevin. Um, and look, the, the lads have mentioned the setup of the race. Look, the pace looks to be in the middle. We you wouldn't need to be a rocket scientist, you know. Golden Pal's going to go, and uh, the Aussie's going to try and follow him. Um, and look, they they might well dominate because look, the Aussie nature strip. This is like that. You never know until you know. But all indicators are like he's properly world class in the sprint division. Like he's officially rated one two four, um, and, and it'll be fascinating to see that play out. You know. On, on green grass in front of us so he might just be the best here by a mile um, but look myself and TC have been banging the, the twilight calls drum um, in a perfect world you'd be a small bit closer to the big two but he's not a million miles away from them uh, for the candy man I hope he's just uh, Ryan will take his time um, look to strike late look 
he's rated a stolen less than nature strip. So you really would be ideally looking for a bigger price than what he is now. He's shortened up significantly. Um, but I, I feel like I better stick with him having come this far. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's where I am with it. Twilight calls from Monsieur Candy as uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Django was calling. Stick with him, TC. Uh, not a six to one. Um, no, no, is price is gone. Yeah. I think the ship is sound. I mean, obviously, when okay. we did the preview last Tuesday, he was. 14s in the sports book, and mm. although you're getting extra places now, um, now I, I think you know if you're already on, I wouldn't be pressing up. The one that you guys probably know the horse much better than I do, but again, look down for all the videos again this morning. I thought Moonista, um, I think she's a filly that, um, I think she could be another one like Twilight Course, should be a real strong traveler, could uh, be suited by the setup in this race last year, probably wasn't suited by heavy ground when running a fair race in the Commonwealth Cup last year. Is in really good nick coming into this race. Probably on another day, might have got the race in the stewards' room behind Brad the Brief last time. Got taken across the track. Uh, the Group Two win at the Coa last year was on good ground. Again, I'm working on the basis of just yeah. well watered, good good ground on the fast, just on the fast side on the Tuesday, and I think that will be fine. I just like the way she tanks for her races, and I can just see her getting. A, she's in 14 next to the two international horses. And I can see her travelling into the race really well and hopefully going very, very close. So, yeah, um, I think she's around about 18s on the exchange. If you want to play with the extra places, it's 14s on the sports book. But Munista is my other dart in the race alongside Twilight Calls. OK, good stuff, gents. Let's move on to the uh, 420 on your card. It is the St. James Palace Stakes, a mile group one. A bit like Baid, I have a feeling this is going to be a short conversation, Kevin Blake. Um, Corobus, Caribus, however you want to pronounce it, I'm still not sure the exact uh, pronunciation of this horse, but he's two to one on. Um, my Prospero, four to one. You've got Maljum, eight to one. Look, it doesn't really matter. Corobus, <laughs> Caribus wins this race. That's as simple as that. Um, sure, look, he probably does, Hugh. Um, he, look, I've, I've loved him all along. He's a, he's a fast miler, um, loads of pace. You think going around a bend is probably going to suit him even better than a straight mile. But the one thing I'd say, and now we said it before Native Trail in the Irish Guineas, and it obviously mm. didn't matter, but every jockey in this race will be riding to beat um, William Buick. He's drawn two. He's going to have to drop in because that's just the type of horse he is. And um, it just could get a bit a bit sweaty for him now, early in the straight. And when you're taking a short price, you know, you're sweating enough, having taken twos on, you don't necessarily want to find yourself buried in the inside uh, with no one give, doing you a favour. So that's just the one note of caution I, I throw out there. And um, look, I've been banging the drum for light infantry for a couple of weeks now. Um, he's still quite a big price in places. Would have rather a bit of rain. Uh, I think we're clearly not going to get it. But uh, the ground was quite quick in fairness for the Guineas. And he ran a perfectly good race there. As mentioned, he he, he was raw there. He was last for much of the race. Um, Jamie decided to come near side to follow Native Trail rather than go far side to follow Corbus, um, which probably proved to be the better place to be. And he's actually finished off the race really well. Um, he ran one of the, the sharper closing sectionals of any horse in the field. Um, so I'm going to take my chance with him, Hugh. He's drawn nine. He'll hopefully kind of get a slot two out there. And uh, we'll, we'll have a chance of swooping down the outside and hopefully making a bit of an impact. Lovely. I like him one at a big price without the favourite here, TC. Um, horse called Wexford Native uh, for Jim Bulger. Each way without the favourite, I think I might play him that way. I, I still think he's an improving horse and I liked him ever since he won at Leopardstown way back at the start of the season. But who do you like in this without the fav? Um, no, I'm playing with the fav because... Uh, oh. I think we've got a chance of getting him beat. I think he'll, I think he'll, I think he's 
I think he'll drift. I think he might even go, you know, four to five, something like that. Uh, I can see him being taken on with a draw angle, as Kevin mentioned. <clears throat> the show I mentioned in dispatches last week uh, in the Royal Ascot preview uh, was LaSalle and Bayside Boy. I took a flyer that they both turn up. Thankfully, they have. Um, I think LaSalle is very, very interesting. The quick ground is going to, he's going to love that. Obviously, Jim Crack at July, stakes winner on fast ground. Good prep in the Greenham. Got no uh, shape equally as promising as Kev's horse in the Guinness from off the pace. If he stays a strongly run mile, I think Lucille has got the talent to massively outrun his price. He's around about 25s, 33s. But the one I'm interested in most at the current prices is Bayside Boy. Okay. Um, he's, you know, he's just got a two-year-old form to actually make a mockery of a 66-1 poke. Third in the Vertem, third in the Dewhurst, not beaten far either. Beat the lights of Reach for the Moon in the Champagne Stakes. You can throw out the runner uh, in the French Guineas first time up when he was drawn 14 or 15. Again, like so many of the things we're going to say this week, the ground, if it is quick, might be a, might be a factor. But go back and have a look at his, his juvenile form. Um, 66 to 1 is a complete and utter insult. Bayside boy, 66 to 1 each way. Okay, lovely. Okay, what about yourself, Dan? Bayside boy uh, for TC. I don't see this fab getting beaten, to be honest. The the market's making the two haggis horses the most likely dangers, but my yeah. Prospero was off the bridle before the other two in that sandown race, and I think he probably wants to go a bit further, ultimately. Thing, I don't think the tactical thing from that draw is going to be as a massive concern is the fact that Kribas travel so strongly, where Native Trail can come off it and look take a bit of winding up. Kribas mm-hmm. will be doing everything on the bridge, so as long as he gets the passages, I think... I think he's possibly the best mile in training and he'll he'll hopefully confirm that. As Kev said, he's just so fast and just a great horse to watch. He's got unbelievable pace. Remember the day he, he got beat fast. by Royal Patronage where he shot about 10 lengths clear of him. It was one of the most remarkable finishes I've ever seen. Mm, brilliant. Okay, good stuff. Sit back and enjoy the star over a mile. Right, the five o'clock gentlemen, five places on the Betfair Sportsbook for the Ascot Stakes, two and a half miles. Um, Pied Pipers are 10 to 3. Favourite Gordon Elliott uh, with a rare runner at a uh, Royal Ascot. Uh, bring on the night, Willie Mullins sending over one of his two and a half milers. All the Irish boys are getting stuck in with their bumper horses. Uh, seven to two. Arcadian <laughs> Sunrise, eight to one. Coltrane, nine to one. Marshall Pan, tens. And let's have what you like about the rest, Tony Calvin. Who do you like at this two and a half mile dance? Go ahead, punk. Make my day. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, the more I looked into this horse, the more I really liked him. 20 to 1, I think, so, with the extra places, is a real, real good each-way bet. Um, two runs this season. Bumped into an approver, Milton Harris is at Ascot. Didn't get the best of runs that day as well. The winner's now at £7 higher. Then again, met a lot of trouble in running uh, a Goodwood last time. Arguably should have won with a clear run. I think step up in trip. He's, at, he's crying out for the two-mile four. Those runs were over two miles. He's got the course form. Go over to his pedigree. That gives you some hope he'll handle the quicker ground. I think one of his half-brothers was one of Joseph's, actually, Rartib or something like that. That, oh, that, that, um, mm. that horse's best <laughs> run came on uh, fast ground, I think. Um, and really interesting, one of first-time cheap pieces for John Gosden back in the day. And they're chucking the, the peak cheap pieces on for the first time since. Um, every time I looked at the horse, I was more positive about it. I'm going to have a decent bet. And a, a very decent bet, 20 to 1 each way. Make my day. Make my day. Um, interesting. Pi Piper, 10 to 3 favourite here. I mean, obviously what happened to him at Aintree, Dan, um, I don't know if his uh, flat form will carry through for here, but who do you like in this one? 
Well, there comes a point where having respect for horses trained by Elliot and Mullins just sort of sort of goes too far when the prices are such, in my opinion. Like, Pied Piper, it's not like he was an unknown quantity. He had a flat career for Gosden. Yeah. He's much higher than when he won at Leicester on his final start. And obviously the trip's another unknown. I do this every year. And then some Mullins horse that stays well it's comes and wins it. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout the last five years and went close last year. But, I wasn't even that impressed with bringing that. A very good first time out, then jumping fell to pieces in the Supreme. Just wasn't a star, was he? I mean, he's a half-brother to a six-furlong winner, albeit by Invincible Spirit. So I'll give it the big build-up that they won't get home, and then they will. But for that, uh, for a horse who's very much proven in similar race, I thought Arcadian Sunrise was a knock-in-each-way bet. He's the one horse of the whole day, actually, where whose, whose price really surprised me. I thought it'd be half that. Right there with the other two. Eight I mean, to one he, currently, yeah. Still well in on his jumps for me. Won that big field handicap at Galway. Smashing run in the Chester Cup. Came from the back. Crept his way through. That was a strong run into that race. Cleveland, the winner, goes in the last race on Ascot's opening day. He's got loads of form in these big fields. Galloping track like Ascot will really suit him. He'll pick his way through. And the the icing on the cake is the presence of Mr. H. Davis claiming five. Harry Davis, who's excellent. The apprentice finds the season and takes five pounds off. Okay, lovely. Strong case made then uh, by Dan. What about yourself, Kev? Last word to you. Um, I, I, I'm very with Dan here. Me, me okay, and Dan are, 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 yeah. are reading the same book here. Um, lovely. Because look, the two, the two, um, the, the Willie and the Gordon horse, look sure you can make cases for them. But Gordon, um, Gordon Pipe Piper is plenty, you know, he was plenty exposed for Gosden. And look, yeah. he could do better, but he's off his rating now. And Willie's then, like, you're dealing with some French form from a while ago, and he looks yeah. plenty high off 93 now and yeah. hasn't exactly looked like a, a real stayer over hurdles. So Acadian Sunrise, yeah, um, loved the run in the Chester Cup. Um, he actually started, he went through the race a little bit in front of Cleveland, similar spot, but just one horse in front of him. It was actually a little bit kind of grippy. Like, he took a bit of a hold, which is unusual for him because he normally looks as slow as a funeral. Um, and needs to be niggled along and, and takes a long time to, to wind up. But he, he was a little bit more on it, um, and he found similar gaps to Cleveland. He just wasn't as quick as Cleveland and, and as classy as him, and he did it very steadily, whereas Cleveland was able to explode and go and, and, go and win. Um, I think the extra couple of furlongs, bigger track, it's all in his favour. You, you would have liked a little bit of rain because he does, he does lift his knee pl- plenty high now. But um, I'd be pretty hopeful now. I, I think, um, look, he's got a low draw. He can't tend to miss the kick. You know, don't be, don't be you know, waiting impatiently for him. He'll, it'll take him a while to get on the scene probably. But um, I thought he, of the Irish contenders, he was certainly the most interesting. And actually, the Irish have, uh, have been going very well in this race for a long time. So he'll do for me. Okay, well, make my day for Tony Calvin and two strong pokes for Arcadian Sunrise from the Gents. Right. Um, 7.35, sorry, the 5.35, I should say, uh, <laughs> on the cards, 7.35. If you're still there at 7.35 watching racing, you're in the wrong place. The Wolf <laughs> you'll, be in the, you'll be in the car park. <laughs> Some of them have been slipping up on the bend again. <laughs> be betting on each other and doing all sorts in the car park. Right, so the 5.35, <laughs> the Wolf and the Stakes, a mile and a quarter listed contest. Four places uh, being played on the Betfair Sportsbook here. And Cadillac for Jessica Harrington being sent over 5-1. to one. Favorite, you got Majestic Dawn for Paul and Oliver Cole, six to one, alongside Fox's Tail, seven to one. Juan Elgano, you've got Parato at sevens, onside Regal Reality, and it's ten to one. A bar, right? And um, Dan, you're first up on this one, please. Mile and a quarter. Who wins? Yeah, Kev mentioned Majestic Dawn earlier. A horse I've got spectacular. I couldn't have got him more wrong on both runs this season. Put him up at Chester when he stopped as if shot. 
and then thought, well, if he ran that badly, I couldn't possibly back him at Goodwood. He ended up going about 25 lengths clear and not coming back. But I'm going back to an old pal here. Gives a good turn at the Royal Meeting last season. He's not been seen out. This is Perotto, but I do think he's got a smashing chance. I mean, he's he's clearly so effective under these conditions. He won the Britannia last season. He's still not had a great deal of racing around a mile. That The trip suits him really well. He just wants a straight track, mm. strongly run race. He's got a potent finishing kick, which I think he'll use to good effect. And of course, the absence is a niggle, but I've had a bit of a look. Tregonin's had one winner first time out lately. But the other key thing is this horse's reappearance last season, he finished second to Creative Force over six furlongs, getting only three pounds. Creative Force signed off by winning the Haydock Sprint Cup. Did you know, was, it, was it the Haydock Sprint Cup or was it the Champion Sprint, wasn't it? Um, so in hindsight, sprint, yeah. yeah, in hindsight, he clearly had a lot on his plate that day, but his record here and his record in these big field handicaps is really hard to knock. I thought I thought he was a, a good price. Again, it's not exaggeration. I would have made him favourite for this, even though Cadillac mm. has got an awful lot of ability. Yeah, I really like Cadillac. I really did like Cadillac as a two-year-old, Kev, and um, probably hasn't delivered on, on some of the early promise, I guess, that we heard from around the yard. But interesting that he's, he's going in this, and uh, five to one, I think, is still a reasonable enough price. Yeah, he was impressive in the blinkers the other day. And again, Hugh, you can go to the Goffs London sale and buy him on Monday night if you want if you want him to run. They take IOUs, cars. Kev. They take IOUs, or what's the story? A dumb and dumber. How's my well, credit at Ferrari? My credit? Keep this one. They've, been, they've been taking bids from some funny places there in recent days, so you never know. <laughs> I saw that. I saw Darby that. Darby up uh, in, that, in that sale as well, Kev. Yeah, and he's going to go through. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've supplemented it for the King Edward, and it's seemingly going to be sold, which I was a little bit surprised with. I thought they might withdraw him after he ran so well in the Derby. But yeah, he'll, he'll make a, a few quid, I'd say, if they can get the right fellas interested. Um, right. But anyway, we digress. I didn't have a big view in this one, Hugh. Um, I thought Juan Alcano, you know, last year's form stands up quite well. I suspect okay. he's been target trained for this. Um, he'll sharpen up for his comeback run at Sandown and uh, he'd be a tentative choice. But uh, I thought it was a tricky one now. Juan Elcano, tentative selection for Kevin. Last word to you, Tony. I'd probably rather come over to Dublin and clean your house after you've been on a week-long bender than have a bet in this race. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, oh, I love it. Well, now. you're back in them. Hey, eh? <laughs> I, I thought I thought there was there was one in there going up in trip. I thought new mandate probably had the class to actually win this. Will Lodge winner, you know, in okay form. The trip is the big doubt, but I've never looked at a race this season that I've come away more perplexed by what's going to win. Okay. Uh, I won't okay. be lovely. Well, we'll keep it short and sweet. So good stuff, gents. And um, last race on the card for day one at Royal Ascot is the six ten. It's the Copper Horse Stakes. It's a mile and three quarters. It's a handicap stakes. Five places each way on the Betfair Sportsbook in this one. So plenty of each way thievery throughout the day with the Sportsbook. Cleveland is your two to one favourite for Aidan O'Brien after victory last time out at uh, Chester, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Chester. Stole. Yeah, Chester. Stole. Chester. Um, stole five to one. <laughs> We've got Juan de Montalban, six to one. Abandonelli, nine to one. Okita Sushi. For Joseph O'Brien, maybe Kev can talk about it in a second at 12 to 1. And it's uh, how much you like about the rest. Right, Kev, what about Joseph's horse there? Okita Sushi. Um, he has two. He has Okita Sushi and um, and Benno. Mm. And um, yeah, like I wouldn't put you off either to do with him if you, if you gave him a chance. Like uh, slightly different profiles. Okita Sushi is very likely raced. Um, always looked at a particularly nice horse now, but just um, it has You're been not worried Okita Sushi will be too raw, Kev? 
Sorry. That's, oh, that's, that's oh, the... oh, beautiful. <laughs> it, wor- it works on so many levels because it's true. <laughs> you would be. He's only had the three runs. And look, these, these um, Ascot handicaps are fierce. He was also in the Duke of Edinburgh. But look, the decision was taken to come here because that, that those mile and a half handicaps at, um, at Ascot, you, like you really you don't want to get too far back in them. And this is a horse that probably needs to be allowed to find his feet a little bit. So um, I thought it was a lovely run at the Curra last time. Uh, came from a long way back um, with the with the proviso that they did go kind of over hard in front and it probably made it a bit easier for him to get into the race from off the pace. Um, look, Handicapper had a say, stuck him up seven pounds for that. Um, but I, I think it could be a nice horse. It's just a case of whether he's he, he knows enough to to show it in a race like this. And this Benno, is sushi, yeah, Akita yes, sushi, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Benno like ran very well in the Queen's Vase at this meeting last year, and that's worked out quite well. Uh, Stoll was just in front of him, and Wordsworth and uh, Kamari, and sure, he's, he's been kind of brought along steadily in two nice runs this season. Um, handicapper hasn't relented, but. Um, I think getting back to his course and distance would help him. Um, and look, he has his case. He has his case to be made too, but he might just be vulnerable to one and that's a bit better in than him. Um, look, I love Cleveland, Hugh. Um, I, I, I fell in love with this horse at Chester. He's an absolute beauty and it, it was a fabulous performance. He shouldn't really have been able to do what he did um, because they didn't go mad in the Chester Cup up front and he was a long way back and he had to be very smart to take the gaps when they came and you yeah. just love him. He's five pounds higher. Um, I wouldn't be concerned about coming back in trip. Look, he's a short old price for a race like this, Hugh. I wouldn't be encouraging anyone to to lump in at the price or anything like that, but he's a horse yeah. I love, and I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle to be shifted off him, I think. Okay, nothing f- fishy about Okita Sushi, no. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> you're all flying the flying form today, lads. Crackers. Tony, <laughs> take me, take me out of my misery. Um, uh, if you if you uh, want to read Ryan more about Cleveland and other horses, his um, his column should be going up on betting.bet for at five o'clock onwards from Sunday. So, and obviously he's very he's very positive on this horse. They had him in the Gold Cup and, and whatever. I don't think a five pound rise for that Chester win is gonna gonna stop him. Um, but again, he's a very short price. I'm I'm I backed I backed one horse this morning at sixteens and fourteens each way, and that's one of Kevin's Benno. Um, oh. I thought, obviously, Vintage Crop was a good run. I thought he shaped far better the, from off the pace last time than the beating distance suggests. Uh, the Curra uh, got, the, got the crucial course and distance form on fast ground. I actually think a mark of um, uh, in the low 90s is very fair on that Ascot run. Um, yeah, I'm... 102. Uh, is, he, is he 102, is he? Yeah, uh, unfortunately. I wish it was in the low 90s. We really oh, fancy then. <laughs> no, no, I was thinking about something else in the low 90s. Um, no, I, I think that's I make, I'll say on that on that Queen's Vars form, I think that's I think that's fair. Okay. Um, so I sh- I've seen enough in two runs this season to suggest yeah, hopefully it is a long-term plan. And I although I think Cleveland is gonna take a hell of a lot of shifting, and I might be playing without market as well as all in on the each way angle here, but uh, Benno for me. Okay, Morning. excellent. Benno for Tony Calvin. Last word to you, Dan. Yeah, hard. Uh, I think uh, this will be my weakest view of the day, but I sort of don't okay. want to lose on the race if Cleveland wins. That's my stance with him. I mean, okay. he's only five pound high, but he's won a Chester Cup. I mean, five seems pretty no- nominal to me. I thought he could have gone up mm-hmm. more than that. Yeah. The one horse who I thought was a potential fly in the ointment who was hitherto progressive was Bandinelli with the 
the, the headgear on for the first time because he, he used to race even in his good patch like he needed it. He was lazy, he got there late at Kempton, but then he completely blew out at Haydock. I mean, he needs to bounce back from that, but he's nines. I think I'll probably play those two against the field. Excellent. Okay, good stuff, well, gentlemen. That's day one done and dusted. Just a reminder, money back special is in the Coventry, the 305. Um, and it's money back as a free bet for all losers. Terms and condition in the show description. Right, all that remains is our naps, gents. Um, so TC, after a nice winner last weekend, it's Dan who's rock bottom. So rock bottom, Daniel, give us your nap, please. Yeah, there's a, there's some off-air controversy about that. Nap, so <laughs> that uh, I, I, I don't know. Oh, this is so hard. I fancy all the first six race. I fancy having a crack at the first six in particular, but I'm going to go with Arcadian Sunrise so I can add to my windy name and have win and place bet on him because I think he's a knock each way bet. Okay, win and place on Arcadian Sunrise for Dan. For yourself, Tony Calvin. Make my day. Make head my to day. Head. We'll do it. We'll do it. Head to head. The boys mentioned, are taking each other on. mentioned that Bandinelli. Um, he's, his record with Blinkers, Appleby, I think he's 15 from 50 in, the, in recent years, which is astonishingly good with mm. that. Very good. Okay, uh, Kevin Blake, you're not. I'm going to go with Persian Force. Oh, I was going to go the same. I'm going to, I can't. I can't do it. Do it. Then. No, no. I'm going to. Well, I Dan stole Arcadian Sunrise off me, mind. I'm going to have, have, a, <laughs> going to have <laughs> a wild stab. I'm going to have a wild stab at Logo Hunter winning place oh, in the oh, spread. 50 oh, to and one. there was a Bayi Caribas double staring you in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. I know. No, no, he's got, he's got dyslexic. He's taking 50 to one instead of one to 50. What's going on? It's my annual foray into an anything over three to one bet. So here we go. Logo Hunter <laughs> yeah. winning place. Right. Right. Um, right. I hope you enjoyed day one, lads. Uh, best of luck at Gamble Responsibility. We're back every day this week with a preview. So make sure you tune in each and every day. My thanks to the lads. 